Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Liberty sees me, it stands by me, and celebrates me for who I am. When I come into the office, I feel that I belong here. I don't have to be corporate America Gabby. I can just bring Gabby to work. Reach your potential and find a job you love at Liberty Mutual. We offer development training, rich benefits, and a culture that lets you bring your whole self to work so you can pursue your tomorrow today. Ready to consider a career at Liberty Mutual? Find out how at LibertyMutualCareers.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 18, Episode 46. This is Writing Excuses. NaNoWriMo Week 3, Raising the Stakes. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Don Juan. I'm Aaron. And I'm Dan. So this week, um, as we're entering into the third week of NaNoWriMo, we're going to talk about sort of the next step in developing your story and developing the, the book that you're working on, which is raising the stakes. So now that you've had your inciting incident, now that you've introduced your characters and your setting, we're going to talk about starting to introduce some consequences for your characters. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to turn it over to the group. How do you guys think about the next phase here? How do, how do you start, you know, revving the engine, as it were? Well, we talk about um, try-fail cycles a lot. And I think one of the great ways to raise the stake is, is to have a plan A. And maybe it works and maybe it doesn't, but either way it's going to go horribly wrong, right? Uh, this is the yes, but, no, and. Um, I keep talking about Star Wars. I'm going to keep talking about Star Wars. Um you know, the inciting incident gets them off the planet, and their plan is to fly to Alderaan, and that's plan A. Do they succeed? Yes, they fly to Alderaan. Does that help? No, Alderaan's been exploded, and then they get captured by the Death Star. Like, it is a completion of their first goal, sort of, kind of, but it's also this drastic failure that ruins everything. On the other hand, look at Toy Story. Uh, what Woody wants to do is be the favorite toy, and he's decided that his 
you know, that's his super objective. Be the favorite toy. His objective is, I need to get rid of Buzz. And does he succeed in doing that? Yes, he does. He gets exactly what he wants. But it just goes horribly wrong. He kicks Buzz out the window, and he feels like it's uh, his fault, and he tries to rescue him, and then that spins off the whole rest of the story. One of the things that I enjoy playing with, with uh, raising the stakes and the, the idea of consequences, is that you, stories are not like just one track. You know, there's multiple things going on all at the same time. So I enjoy interrupting the progress towards one goal with another goal. Uh, where where it's like, am I able to do this thing? No, because... So I think of this as, uh, because I often think in my, terms of mice quotient, as single thread versus multi-thread. So in single thread, the consequences of one action um, like are, are continuing straight in that line. So using continuing our Star Wars, <laughs> uh, when we've got the rescuing the princess thing, it's a milieu. We get in. We have to rescue the princess. We have to get back out. So are they able to rescue her? Like, they're being chased. Are they being chased by stormtroopers? What's the smartest thing they can do? They can try to shoot out this vent and get into a chute. Does it work? Yes, but they wind up in a trash compactor. And or a garbage chute, actually. I don't know it's a trash compactor yet. What's the smartest thing they can do? Well, not actually the smartest, but very lucest thing they can do is try to shoot their way out. <laughs> Does that work? No. And they wake up something under the water. But the entire time, they're still dealing with environment. It's all milieu until mm-hmm. finally they get a yes resolution, which is uh, R2 letting them out. Multithread does a different thing, though. Oh, I, you know what? Keep going, going. Okay, so, <laughs> sure. In multi-thread, uh, the consequences of one action affect another goal. And you most commonly see this, like, with the with event threads where it's where you have to give up something that is precious and personal in your character thread in order to make the event move forward. It's like, um, do I, am I going to be able to unlock this? Yes, but only by sacrificing my grandfather's pocket watch. Uh, so it's it's one of those things where you can interrupt one. It's also very useful in mysteries where you're trying to ask someone a question and then something goes wrong with the environment that causes you to not be able to finish asking that question. Yeah, I got so excited and and interrupted your thread <laughs> no, no. to create this multi-thread, um, which was that I got excited when you said it was the lucest thing they could do because it really reminded me that uh, that the increasing of stakes is works the best when it's really grounded in what your character would do. Like there are things that can be done that will make the stakes worse, but feel like they're out of nowhere. And I feel like if you think like, what's the worst decision that your character could make at this <laughs> moment? And then be like, let's convince them to make it like that often raises the stakes, but it also reinforces what it is that your reader really likes about the character. Yeah, one thing I think about on that front as well is so much of, for me, of what does raise the stakes, what makes me so invested in character is their relationships to each other, right? How they feel about each other or how a character feels about themselves, right? We think of, like, life and death situations as great stakes, but I actually find that those can be really flat. What's interesting about Alderaan getting destroyed isn't... uh, 
the fact that all these people died, it's about we're seeing it through the eyes of someone who watches their home destroyed. And that raises the stakes for the entire galaxy. What's interesting about the trash compactor isn't necessarily are they going to survive this or not, but we see three different approaches to solving a problem as these characters are in a conflict of Leia making fun of Han, of Han just shooting things for no reason, and then, you know, Luke being the one who is kind of the damsel that they need to keep rescuing throughout this whole sequence. And so we start to see the dynamic that is going to form the core of these movies for the whole trilogy of these three characters interacting and their feelings about each other starting and deepening in these moments. And now we have stakes. Now we care about how Leia sees Luke. Now we care about how Han sees Leia. And all of these different parts of the triangle suddenly become very important. And now I'm emotionally invested in this movie at a whole nother level than I was when it was just Luke being sad about his parents. And, and this, is a, this is a great point. The, one of the things that, there are two things that are happening in that trash compactor scene. One is they have to get out of it. But the other is Luke is trying to impress Leia. Yes. <laughs> and so when you can have, one of the ways that you can raise the stakes is not by making the individual failure point, but by layering two failure points onto a single action. <laughs> and that's, yes. that's one of the things that you can do is like hang more on it which is, I find, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, another thing I love about that, sorry, this is turning into the compactor scene <laughs> episode. Um, Luke's entire character arc in that movie is that he has to learn to rely on something that is larger than himself. And what is his solution to get out of the trash compactor? It's he calls for help. He relies on R2-D2, which is a really nice little nod toward he's not trying to do it all on his own. He's trying to you know, rely on outside help. And that is setting him up to be able to make the choice he makes at the end of the movie. I really feel like I should have seen Star Wars more than one time in my life (laughs) in order to participate in this conversation. So I'm going to take it aside, turn away, because I don't know nothing about No Trash Compactor. Wait, Um, this is now a Star Wars podcast? What else are we doing here? um, To talk a little bit about zombies and something that you said, Don Juan, made me think about it. Because when we were doing Zombies Run, we were always like, what can the zombie, how can zombies become they, they chase you all the time, every single episode. So you kind of get like, ugh, zombies again. But, you know, are they closer? Are they scarier? Are they bigger? Are, they more, are there more of them? But instead of thinking of those as life or death stakes, I like taking them and moving them into whatever situation you're in. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, like, you know, there's a normal-sized zombie and then a giant zombie, that's bigger. But something can also be bigger in terms of, like, it just has more impact. It will do more damage if it catches up to you. Mm-hmm. So giving a speech in front of a lot of people is one thing. Giving a speech in front of a lot of people that include your crush, who I guess is Leia. Um, <laughs> is there other speeches in Star Wars? Um, like, <laughs> is bigger and like the impact is larger. And so Uh one way to raise the stakes is by being like, could this be blanker and just take any word of your choice. That's a, a, and any word of your choice, you know, I'm not going to hold you back. And (laughs) can this be blanker, you know, and then figure out how do you do that? And that's one way also to raise the stakes. And on that note, as we think about how to make things more blanker, uh, (laughs) let's take a break and we will start digging into what exactly that means when we are back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, everybody. It is week three of NaNoWriMo. You're halfway through. You've been writing this thing, and you have, at this point, a pretty good sense of your pace. How far are you into it? How much longer is it going to take? And more than anything at this point, you're probably thinking, this is the worst thing anyone has ever written. And that's okay. Uh, what I want to do today is give you permission to write an imperfect book. I give you permission to write a bad book if you need to. Um, I wrote five books that were terrible before I finally wrote one that was good. Uh, and this is good. This is a good thing. It is more important for you to learn how to finish a bad book than how to endlessly spin your wheels perfecting a book that is never going to be perfect. Perfect is out of our reach. So... I give you permission to write a bad book. Finish this. Leave some scenes unfinished. Leave some dialogue clunky. Uh, it's okay. You, what you are doing right now is learning how to write the next book. And that is going to be best if you turn off that internal editor and just crank through it and learn how it feels to finish a book. I believe in you. Okay, so uh, as we're coming back from the break, uh, we've been talking about how to make things bigger, and we've also been talking about how to make things more uh, deeper in terms of the emotional reaction. So I, one of the ways that I love to do that is to really start to draw out the personal connections. I kind of touched on this a little bit before, but um, you know, going back to your zombie example, the, the way that the zombies always become so upsetting and so threatening is one, the visual of it or, or you know, the, the approaching en masse, but there's always that moment where the character you cared about gets bit. And now you have to deal with the awful consequence of the slowness of them starting to turn, right? And so for me, I think that's such an, a perfect example of how to make the stakes almost unbearable by adding this emotional quotient that relies on the personal connection that you have between the characters. How do you guys build to that, right? What are the things that you can introduce that like starts establishing those stakes so that you can pull that trigger when you need to? Well, one of the things that I will do, uh, especially during NaNoWriMo, is that I will look at the, the things that I've already 
put on the table. So in an ideal world, I am laying down groundwork and I've thought ahead. And But in reality, especially during nano, I'm often at a point where I'm like, okay, I have to make this worse. Uh, what have I already established that they care about? And how can I threaten that thing? So most of the work that you have to do is actually before you get to the point where you raise the stake. It's, it's establishing some relationship, something that will make the person feel like a failure so that when you get to this, you can, you can threaten it. Like one of the, the things that I, I think about sometimes is like someone's house being robbed is bad, okay? Um, but someone's house being robbed and their grandfather's pocket watch being taken – Mm-hmm. That's that's worse because it's it's a specific personal thing, but if it's if it's I always like how can I how can I make this worse for the person if they weren't supposed to have it out of the house and they had taken it you know with the intention of getting it repaired and then it's stolen that's worse mm-hmm. because now there's multiple layers of failure that that are accompanying that. And so for me, it's it's not so much that I have to make it bigger or flashier, but uh, looking at the the character's connection. And one of the one of the other tools that I'll use for that is their physical reaction to it. Like you know, just the 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 all of the like thinking about all of the the visceral reactions that mm-hmm. happened to your body when you were in failure mode can really make a character like. I love this idea of making stakes felt in the body, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think when you can make your reader feel the things that your character is feeling in a physical way, that I think is like a huge success. You know, another way to do this is to approach it backwards. Hmm. Um, Rather than establish emotional stakes first and then introduce a conflict into it, uh, I'm thinking, for example, of the movie RRR, which establishes the conflict first. Two people on opposite sides of a revolution are trying to find each other, trying to capture each other, and then they meet in disguise. They don't know who the the other one is, and they become best friends. And so suddenly you have raised the stakes not by adding that conflict, but by adding the dramatic irony of, oh no, inevitably they will find out who the other one is, and this beautiful friendship will be destroyed. I think that's a really great point, that a lot of times when we're talking about stakes— that we th- we think in terms of of direct conflict, mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have to be that it can be it can be a layer of tension that that you give to the audience where they are waiting for you know, everyone is waiting when they're watching that film for the moment when the two of them realize who the other person is. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple near misses, and it's just excruciating every time. This is where dramatic irony can be such a useful tool in raising stakes, right? To return to Star Wars, I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars era of Star Wars, which is so wonderful because you know what's going to happen at the end of this because we've seen the movies. We know things don't work out for these people and that most of the characters we're interacting with over the course of the show are either going to be dead or gone in some way by the end of it. And so it creates incredible stakes over and over again as we're in this sort of prequel mode of thinking because we know where things are going to end up. So you can use really heavy foreshadowing in your story, as in this RR case, and rely on your reader's knowledge of just how stories go sometimes, what genre you're in, what beats are coming in this story. Um, you know, returning to the zombie example as well, we know someone's going to get bit, right? There's no zombie movie that ends with the whole cast surviving, right? <laughs> if it is, that's a very low-stakes zombie movie. I'm not sure I want to watch it, right? So 
You can rely on your audience's awareness of category, of story, and of the stakes that you're setting up to sort of increase that tension. And you can be very playful with that as a creator. And that can be really fun. Yeah. Did anyone else just feel the moment when someone out there said, that's it. No one in my book is getting bitten. <laughs> <laughs> it happened in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> out there, in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, to use Aaron's recommendation, you want to make sure you're going with more biterer. <laughs> it really works for any more word, I swear. Biter. Biter. Well, and it's, this is maybe a good time to mention that you, as the author, you have created these characters. You love these characters. You have to be mean to them. I used to describe my job as that I was just mean to John Cleaver for a living mm-hmm. uh, because that's how all of those books are constructed. There has to be conflict. There has to be something horrible happen to the characters. Um, and sure, maybe they recover from it, and that's great. Maybe they don't, uh, and someone else moves on and recovers. Uh, but you have to be willing to pull the rug out from under your characters and, and put them through the ringer. Even if you're telling a cozy story or a romance or something like that, there are still, I mean, you might change the the setting so it's not going to 11, you're going to 7, <laughs> but there's still, you're putting them in difficult situations, right? Even mm-hmm. if you're doing a coffee shop AU kind of thing, somebody's going to get their order wrong or somebody's going to be, you know, you're going to run out of milk. I don't know whatever it is, but your stakes can change in terms of scale, but it, the, the technique is still the same. The core principle is still the same. Your story will need stakes of some sort. Well, Even and if it, it, it goes back to what you were saying about that emotional core. I would argue that uh, in a romance, raising the stakes can often be to an 11. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be alone forever because the person I am in love with doesn't love me back. That's an 11 oh, absolutely. to yeah. that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something to remember is that in our own lives, well, you know, not to speak for any of you, most of us are dealing with stakes that are those kinds of stakes. Mm-hmm. The romance stakes, the coffee shop getting our order wrong stakes. And our lives often feel very dramatic to us. Oh, if you're me, it's always an 11. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I think sometimes we feel like in fiction, we have to like add all this outside force. And you can, but sometimes you can think about the ways in which your individual life feels like it has stakes and go with those types of stakes within your fiction. And and along those lines, one of the things that happens in your real life, the things that make it feel worse, is when you have more try-fail cycles. Like, with I just want to make the cup of coffee, and you know, or like I just want to record a podcast. And first, they're using grinders outside, and then they're pounding on metal, and then then there's a drill, and you're like, every time it's like, really, are we gonna finish this ever? <laughs> so sometimes. You can make it worse for your character just by adding in a try-fail cycle and making it harder for them to solve a problem that you've already set up. And I think on that note, you are entering into week three of NaNoWriMo, and it's time for you to raise the stakes and get to that word count. And we have some homework for you. I know that this part of NaNoWriMo is often uh, a little challenging, so our homework this time is just designed to help you move forward with your, with your work in progress. Pick an aspect of craft that you feel weak on and choose to focus on it during your next writing session. So instead of trying to think of everything all at once, just pick one thing. Just say, you know what, I'm going to really nail dialogue this time. Or this time, it's all going to be about description. Will you have to go back and correct and balance some things later? 
Yeah, probably. But it allows you to move forward and feel like you're making progress and making your craft better without having to worry about getting the scene exactly perfect. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. We are now offering an interactive tier on our Patreon, found at patreon.com slash writingexcuses, called Office Hours. Once a month, you can join a group of your peers and the hosts of Writing Excuses to ask questions. Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. For this episode, your hosts were Mary Robinette Kowal, Dong Wan Song, Aaron Roberts, and Howard Taylor. This episode was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr., mastered by Alex Jackson, and produced by Emma Reynolds. For more information, visit writingexcuses.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.